Welcome into the DMVR Draft Pod, presented by the King of Sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbooks. I hope to twist the guy's arms later on in the pod and get into some new and updated, not just draft odds, but draft bets and props after giving us the glorious combine bets that Henry and I went one in three on um now we have actual draft position bets so it's fantastic it's not even draft season anymore fellas it's hot take draft season it's hot stove draft season and for us it's do we even care about the draft anymore season because russie will see russell wilson is a bronco joined by jake schwanitz joined by henry chisholm what up everybody the draft pod is staying alive, though. I'm just going to say that before we can celebrate this trade, analyze it, the new quarterback. The draft pod isn't going anywhere ever, ever. Absolutely love that. I love Russell Wilson. He's really good. He is really good. I think that they should trade more picks for good players. That's honestly my thought, <laughs> and I know I'm the draft guy. I, uh, You know, it's been... I don't know. Calling it a roller coaster probably isn't fair because it's mostly like the the good. Part. I don't know whether the high parts roller coaster are good because or the low parts. I, it doesn't make sense to me. But the point is, whatever the good thing is, it's been just like up and down a little bit where it's like he is kind of old, but also he's Russell Wilson. And that's just fine. I don't know. It's going to be really dope. And I don't know what that means for what the Broncos do with pick 64 at this point. Are, are we just jumping in this? Because I've got takes on this Russell Wilson stuff. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, rather than recapping your week and uh, what you hope to do this week, and maybe we should just jump in to the biggest Broncos trade of the last 20 years. Um, Let's go, baby. Yeah, you tell me, Jake. What were your thoughts? Henry talks about nervousness and Mm -hmm. back and forth. I haven't felt that so much. I will say, as draft guys, that 15-minute buffer of knowing Russell Wilson had been traded for but not having any clue the exact trade package, very nervy moment. And then it's announced. And wow, um, I'm officially a big George Payton guy. But Jake, please give, give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. I've talked too much oh. because this is just a monumental moment. Yeah, just blown away. I mean, first off, the emotional swings from hearing the Rogers extension and then having this all go down. And then, like you said, Dre, kind of, hearing that there are players involved in picks and what, what, what players, what positions, what picks do we still keep 40 overall that, and it all just kind of fell. I don't want to say perfectly, man, but it really felt ideal. Um, I, I just can't help but feel the opinion that so many others feel that the Broncos kind of fleece the Seahawks. Uh, It's, you know, this is something that Broncos fans have been waiting for, for six, seven years now. And it was worth it, man. I, don't, I mean, you could have thrown another first rounder in there for me, honestly, and I think I still would have been with it. Just the, I, George Payton, like you said, too. Hats off, man. Be aggressive. This is exactly as a fan of sports, as a fan of a football team. This is what you want to see. If your team is not competitive, at least swing for the fences, man. And man, they did. And I don't know, man. I think they hit it out of the park. 
Definitely. I mean, I'm 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 also hyped. You know, it was even kind of crazy just like watching some former Grizz players who I covered on Twitter who are Seahawks fans just say things like, well, at least we got their best pass catcher. And it's like, eh, I'm I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure that's the case. Like they, the fact that like it sucks to lose Shelby Harris and we'll get into like needs, I'm sure at some point right now, there is a massive hole on the Broncos defensive line. That is a big, big problem. And the other problem with the defense is the linebackers. It makes you wonder about the run defense in general and whether these are going to be a bunch of 45 to 42 games that we're going to see. But all that stuff aside, I mean, just in pure terms of value, I knew would have expected at least another first or at least have to include like a Pat Sertan or a Jerry Judy right. or uh, even a Bradley Chubb. I mean, that would be a bigger loss than, than who they actually Javante lost. Williams. Javante. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a it's a steal of a deal I and mean, you have to hope they get the extension worked out um i I, yeah. I think that the sooner they can get that done the better because as it stands now i think it's a 24 million dollar cap hit this year 27 million next so, year that that's, that's a exactly right. that's a steal that's a steal yes like that those are yes, crazy values you now have the money to go get jc jackson or levante david or whoever you want to pair with this guy at the same mm-hmm. time if you could get that number up to like 32 for the next couple years and have it stay pretty even you keep this low rate for five years instead of just two that would be that would be really exciting to me so there's there's still more to be done and there's still some major holes on the team but you have a quarterback so why can't you win a super bowl yeah i go ahead jake yeah yeah i just we i've talked about on this podcast about quarterbacks and how, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks always talk about tractors and trailers. You know, can you, do you have a quarterback that can pull your team or is your team? Yeah. Well, did we lose Jake? I think we might have lost Jake. Pulling your quarterback, winning in spite of him, um, not because of him. And Wilson, he may not be. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there we go. Jake. Yeah, Jake, we lost you there for a second, and then you you sped up real quick. All um, your words came out basically at the same time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, I agree, though, Jake. Let's. No, that's exactly right. Um, and I mean, I think you know, you look at from the betting perspective, I can offer um, the Broncos for a couple years were one of those teams that were felt like you could have good value because they were performing well on a yard per play basis. They were performing well on a point differential basis, Um, especially earlier in the seasons, you know, and, and hanging with teams and impacted by quarterback injuries and what have you. And it always felt like, well, with, you know, a couple breaks here, a little more consistency from the position could easily be a nine and eight, 10 and seven type team. Now you don't just go get, kind of a, a guy, who, a quarterback who can tread water, you get even conservatively a top eight quarterback in the league, top five, six in the AFC and debating those rankings would be fun. Um, and you get it for what is an incredibly modest package as Jake said, or, and, and Henry hinted at too, I thought it would have been very stomachable to add a third first or one of those rookie contracts that have a few more cost-controlled years on them and have shown more immediate promise than Noah Fant. And that's, you know, the four that Hank mentioned, PS2, Javante, Judy, and, um, and Chubb. 
And so to get away with just Fant and Locke, uh, both on the final years of their rookie contracts, and Fant being a top 10 tight end to warrant that fifth year completely up for debate, because he at best is on the fence there, if not off the fence. Um, you said, you know, uh, Seahawks fans saying their best pass catcher, arguably their second best pass catcher at the tight end position. Because Albert O, in many instances, has shown more promise and certainly shown more promise as a run after the catch target. Now, we're not arguing the overall upside or the fact that Noah Fant can check off more boxes potentially, but thus far we were just not seeing it from a, you know, a freak athlete who runs a four five flat at six, six two fifty, but can't play, break a tackle on third and three. Um, and got between him and Javante contact balance. Holy shit. What an important trait that is to, to these skill positions, contact balance. And I can't wait to get into that with some of these combine guys. So without avoiding going too long, I feared they would have to add a third first and one of those cost-controlled rookies, if not multiples Mm -hmm. of those. So the getaway with just the two firsts, just the two seconds, and the two of those being in a year where, yes, you have top 10 picks in the first and second, but it is a weaker draft, and we can get into what the options you would have been looking at at nine. And then next year, that one's going to hurt a little more because – we've talked about at least the blue chippers and high-end talent of the 2023 class already to some extent. But you know what? Everything goes well. You should be in the playoffs, which means you're drafting after pick 22. And so that's going to sting a lot less to have a bottom third of the first, bottom third of the second type of picks you're giving up. And then 2024, you're back on track. And still in 2022, you're looking at one second, two-thirds, two-fourths. That's 500 and top 120 type of picks. We talk about it all the time. That's where the the meat and bones of your draft are going to be built there. And, I mean, George Payton's track record, albeit one year in, um, makes me very optimistic that they can find some immediate contributors and a lot of important guys in that 53-man roster. And I just keep jumping back to the money. I mean, if you got Aaron Rodgers... That's another $20 million a year. I mean, remember when the, the Texans just traded Brock Osweiler to the Browns with a, an early second round pick just to get mm-hmm. off of $17 million or whatever? That that amount of money that, that they're saving should be factored into the, the trade as well. I mean, it, just a steal. But again, there, there are big holes. Um, and this is kind of like the, the in-between place that I didn't see coming at all, where it's either you have this $40 million, you can go upgrade the team, you're going to probably wind up with a rookie quarterback and, and just kind of figure things out, or you go get your quarterback and you don't have all that much money to play with. Now you do actually have the ability to go get some of these guys, and I'm really curious to see which direction they go. And I still think like they should be able to sign somebody whose jersey I want day one. Uh can I, Henry, I want to go back because I thought of you immediately when I saw that it was Noah Fant and not Albert O, because I think you've been one of, if not the biggest Albert O guys on this podcast. So that was uh, good to see. Can I go back to that take I was in before my computer oh, yeah, yeah. interrupt me? Okay. So back to the tractors and trailers thing. I mean, you know, you have your Mahomes, your Josh Allen's, they're like the semi trucks, right? Those are the guys that are, they can carry it, pile it in, man. They're, they're going to carry whatever you have. 
We're pulling and Russian Russell Wilson, exactly. <laughs> well, that's a bit <laughs> spicy for right now. Um, but you know, Russell Wilson, he's not a you know a highway like tanker truck taking everyone, but he's like that compact like F three fifty man. He's on the farm. You could still load that thing up with cows. You know, you can maybe hook up an RV home to the back of it still. He's still going to take you where you want to go. And I just think it's interesting that the national, some of the national media, I don't want to say everyone, um, but more specifically, like Kevin Clark, he was on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about this and just kind of like the disrespect that the Broncos still get when for six years we were told this team is a quarterback away. And then they get a quarterback, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, pump the brakes. I think Seattle is actually a better situation for us than Denver. It's like, man, what are we talking about here? Yeah, and that is one of those things that, I mean, it's not really our jurisdiction, but I would love to see those, that Broncos podcast just run through and compare the, the Seahawks roster to the Broncos roster across the board and just straight up say, like, what, what are the big differences? Where are the, where are the big wins? Where are the big losses? Because you look at the receivers, I mean, his weapons were were better. It's the Seahawks. Maybe not. There is as much depth there. Not as much depth there, mm-hmm. like the tight ends, the running mm-hmm. backs. But but with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the way he plays football, that's that's a perfect fit for Russell Wilson. Yep. Offensive line terrible though. Offensive line straight up awesome. garbage. And that defense mm-hmm. hasn't been any good either. And I think that that to me yep. is what really separates things. Is you, I guess. But you also look at the Broncos defense and say, who is even playing in that front seven? Like you have, you have three starters right now that you're like, those are starters. Um, and the secondary, I mean, you lose cream Jackson, you, you have uh, two corners. So I, there's still a lot of work to be done, I guess, is, is my overarching theme with all this. this, this team is not solidified, but they've set themselves up well, that if they can go add a couple guys in free agency, this should be a really, really good team. Look, a lot of work to be done, but we talked about margin of error a lot too. And just the Broncos margin of error just got so much bigger. I mean, you don't need to be perfect on the defensive side of the ball. You don't need to be held to, or make sure that you're at zero turnovers to win a football game. Now Mm -hmm. like you can kind of live through some of these mistakes because you have a difference maker at the most important position. Yeah. And obviously passing the importance of your pass defense now shifts tremendously as it does for any contending team. Look at the Rams, look at the Chiefs, look at the Bills. All those teams have to go all in on pass defense and maybe even sacrifice something on the run defense because when you're nursing big leads most weeks, that's where it's time to shut the game down at home in the fourth quarter. Well, the Broncos, at least on the pa- in that pass-to-run defense, that's where they're better off, right? The corners, the deep safety, the the pass rushers look and you got to figure some stuff out. Even your defensive linemen, they give you more value on third down as like one gap penetrators than they do as run stoppers. Right. Um, And I think that what they had to value was keeping that offensive core intact and being able to do so after that trade, I think is really key for Hackett and Russ to really get, get their bearings and kind of, um, get going on this thing. And a big thing you've talked about, Henry is, you know, the contract, you got to see the extension. Well, that comes into the the concept of opportunity cost, which we often talk about from a team building standpoint, obviously sacrificing those picks will impact that. Um, but adding a veteran on the contract that he's currently on, we'll see the other shoe to drop on any extensions or restructures. 
The big thing here is having a veteran quarterback that allows you to do what the Patriots have done, what the Broncos did under Peyton Manning, what the Bucks were doing, which is to navigate that veteran free agent market, that second week of free agency. It's not even the guys you're going to see on free agent list now. It's the guys who are going to get cut in that first week of free agency and now come available, got overpaid for two years, and now are going to be underpaid, ring-chasing, um, where you're really going to be able to find some value, be able to fill your roster on the margins with above-average players who also give you a little more motivation and veteran savvy. You combine that with what is still going to be a pretty uh, deep, girthy draft class in those middle rounds, and I think, uh, I think you'll have the ability to build a contender. They're definitely not there, but I think you've, lived in your, you've left yourself not just the margins on the field, Jake, the margins from a team building and assets construction to now fill in and build this contender out. The potential is there. Got to get it done this offseason. I mean, now the work really starts. Seriously, should we should we wrap this up just by running through the Broncos' biggest needs now? Sure. Yep. Yeah. I think I think number one to me is defensive line. And you've got Draymond Jones and you've got McTelvin Ajim, Mike Purcell. Like that's mm-hmm. a that to me is the weakest, weakest group on the team by far. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, I would still want to throw tight end in there. Like I, I do like Alberto, yeah. but I think that you gotta get another guy. I mean, Russell Wilson does really like those tight ends. Um, you know, I think of like when Greg Olson came over later in his career, like Will Disley, like these guys uh were able to make impactful plays for him just because they were big and Russell Wilson just is able to get so much loft on these balls that mm-hmm. these bigger players just it's so easy for them. That's what I'm most excited about, man. He's just at, at its core, this is just going to be Russell Wilson dropping back and throwing deep to these guys, and it's going to be fun to watch. Protected, to yeah. at least in theory, for first time in his career. Right. And I, I think, I think honestly, right tackle remains the biggest need. It would have been quarterback. To me, now it's right tackle just because it is a quarterback in <clears throat> you know the final third of his career. So you want to protect him a little more. And uh, while... Russ increases your margins drastically. You want him to have to operate that way as little as possible, right? It's the old Blake Griffin, conserve your dunks. You know, you've only got so many dunks in those knees, conserve them while you can. Um, So I think right tackle really becomes a priority, not just to protect Russ, but to really take Javante, who I think maybe of all the offensive playmakers is the one who could benefit the most from taking his uh, game to the next level and really blossoming into a superstar to make that a run first or a passing game off the run game, that right tackle position has to be consolidated. Um, And it'll be a tricky one to do defensive line. I'm with you, Hank. I think you're just going to have to sacrifice that. You're hoping the pass rush from the interior can come from Draymond Jones can come from McTelvin Ajim and they take that next step in their development, and you're able to fill those gaps with run stoppers who are always going to be on the cheaper side and be undervalued. And then on top of that, you got to kind of manufacture a pass rush. You got to figure out the edges, figure out um, the rest of that front seven. Yeah, and I, the safeties too. I, I mean, you obviously have Justin Simmons, but that's the other one that that gets in my head right now because right now you have Caden Stern starting, 
And that means that your third safety is what Johnson. Uh, It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a a tough conversation after that. If one guy goes down, you're in trouble. And obviously like they're going to patch that, whether it's Kareem or somebody else. Um, But if you go get, say you blow your money on Tyron Matthew, then all of a sudden you have him and Simmons starting. You're rotating Caden Stearns in as your number three. He's learning from. I I, I think that that's the other spot I really look to. Because again, like we talk about the weak run defense. Guess what? A really good safety can help out with that, and obviously in the passing game as well. So I go I go there behind right tackle and the other things that you guys have talked about, though. I mean, it's, yeah, I think you're needing like team's... a couple guys in the secondary, right? Yeah. That can you know, fill in for Kareem and then that nickel safety. So guys, you feel comfortable in the secondary, you can also play closer to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's this team class. isn't, it's, it's not done. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is really exciting and it's going to be really fun just this year, first year with Russ, but I mean, it's not yeah. done yet. And uh, you know, just going back to the draft picks too. I think this, you know, all these small little trades, like I went and looked at the Broncos current draft picks. Guys, they've got five like draft picks from five teams, including the Broncos themselves. They've got a 49ers pick in the seventh, a Detroit pick in the fifth. Seattle got they got the Seattle pick back in the fourth, and then they got the Rams picks, not including their own. So, um, I mean, you know, if you're going to be able to like kind of wheel and deal this way um, without having those first and second round picks kind of moving forward, this is it's really going to help out the defense. And I'm, I'm especially encouraged just because of what we saw last year from George Payton. I mean. We, we talked yep. about it when, when they hired him and everything, man. He's a scout scout, and he kind of showed it that first year, and I think that he's really going to be able to shine uh, taking his shots in these later rounds. Me too. And $26 million. Yeah, they have – right. I mean, and they have all the ammo to move up in the draft if they wanted to. Like, not into the end of the first. That's probably too costly at this point. But second round and on – all the ammo to move around because they, you know, once the dust settles on free agency, they might not need all these top 150 picks that they have. Um, so, what do you dream scenario? What is the number 64 pick? Like, Ooh. like, what do you address in free agency so that that right there? Because I don't think to me that's the tackle, that's that doesn't feel right. I'm not sure what it is. Tight end, maybe. It's it's tough to say because I mean I like you said I think both you said Hank you said the biggest need was defensive line Dre you said the right tackle and it's the fact of the matter is most of the good big guys in the draft always go early so you're mm-hmm. if you get a guy at sixty four I mean that's kind of a miracle uh, just looking at the draft network numbers it says Logan Hall at sixty three um, we'll get into him when we get into combine stuff but I think him at sixty three is actually pretty good value if you can get someone like that. Um, I don't know, maybe like a Bernard Ryman or someone falls that far. That it's a great pick. Nick Bonito. Yeah. Me. Nick. I, right. It's taking advantage of the tackle and edge classes. Um, so like, could Amije Sanders drop that far? Mm-hmm. Kingsley and Igbari will get into, could he drop that far? Nick Benito is a great one. Um, Sam Williams out of um, Ole Miss. Abraham Lucas though, man, dude. That's a guy I would really – I think he performed well enough at the Combine to where he won't be around at the last pick of the second. But if you could get him or Ryman, someone in that range who honestly could even sneak into the end of the first, 
that would be an absolute slam dunk. And that would be the kind of guy I would target and move up to like 55 if I can and ensure that you get a guy like that, you know. Trey oh, McBride I mean, in that I, category too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Trey McBride for sure is in play here. Um, but also, I mean, you talk about um, – actually, I'm sorry, guys. I just lost my train of thought, so go ahead. Okay. Well, that seems like a good time to talk about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, we love them because it's, here's the thing. So I'm in Vegas now. Somehow that hasn't come up yet, uh, but it's actually better right. to be a sports better in Colorado than it is in Las it's Vegas. Incredible. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like you can go to these sports books and, you know, I had a great time at the Westgate super book yesterday. Um, I actually had two great times there before and after the game, but uh, it, uh, it there's no like live betting. There's there's nothing you can do during the game. Like you have to show up and then, like and they're like, well, do you want to make any bets for tomorrow? It's like so that so that what I can drive the three miles off the strip to go get my money afterward. It's crazy. But then when you're just oh. in Colorado, you can bet wherever you are on so many different things. There's so many more options pregame. There's so many options during the game. It's just really cool stuff. And and we are lucky to be living in the world we live in now. And uh, plus, incredible. I mean, again, I'm in Vegas. It helped to, to have a couple bucks in that DraftKings account that you could pull out and then play with down here. Uh, DraftKings, safe, secure. It's reliable. It's America's number one t- top rated sportsbook app. And you can actually uh, get an awesome offer right now. Bet $5 on any team to win in these conference championships. Get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, then you win. So definitely get in on that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, uh, Athletic Greens. So Athletic Greens, what that is, is this magical powder that you put into your drink and it just fixes all of your problems. Um, It's pretty crazy they grind up like 75 different vitamins and there's minerals and they take them from whole foods, source superfoods and all that sort of stuff so that you wind up getting the very best of the best. And then they just boil it all down into this little tiny powder that you pour in your drink. And when you pour it in your drink, you're getting the best stuff. I, I take mine in the morning. I think that that's generally the way that people do it. I know it works well for me. It, it, it can be like a substitute for coffee. It, it can help. Like I like to go to the gym right after. Um, makes you drink a little bit of water in the morning, which is always good for you too. It's awesome stuff. And if you want to make it easy, Athletic Greens can give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash buffs. We're going to, I'm going to hijack this one. B-U-F-F-S. Use my my code. Yep. We're not giving this to the Broncos guys. I'm not telling you what their code is. Uh, Athleticgreens.com slash buffs. This could have been you, Justin, if you weren't so busy covering a tournament team. Um, But (laughs) use my code and I will thank you and you will thank you and your body will thank you too. So that's a lot of things. You'll be thanking athletic greens. It's a, it's awesome stuff. So get in on that. There you go. Hall of fame stuff. I'm Henry. Um, 
All right, well, let's get into it. There's there's a lot a lot more Broncos and draft talk to be had with the combine. And fellas, where do we want to start here? I would uh I would for one go start maybe on the offensive side where there's a lot to talk about. Um honestly, I, I don't even know what to make of these absurd numbers. It does feel like the last couple combines shit's gotten a little out of whack and even crazier. I also would venture to say maybe there are a few more first round grades than we gave this draft credit when like, I don't know. It felt like 10 guys had perfect RAS relative athletic scores coming out of the combine. Um, your biggest storylines, fellas. Maybe uh, some guys who made themselves money, guys who lost themselves money. Maybe if there was a number one takeaway to be had after the workouts in Indy, what would it be? Go ahead, Jake. I it's it maybe not exactly draft related, but Georgia football. Holy hmm. shit, man! I mean, yep. If why if the Broncos just draft like any Georgia Bulldog, I think I'm happy because look, even a guy like Zamir White, who we really yeah. haven't talked about very much, just goes out and what did he run? Four four for Zamir White? Are you kidding me, guys? That is just yeah. insane stuff. Not to mention, I mean, we'll get into Jordan Davis and all that, but Georgia football, mm-hmm. my God. Yep, jo- Jordan Davis was going to be mine. You kind of covered that. Here's, here's what I'll say about this whole thing. And I think this applies to like those Ohio State receivers too, both cracking 4-4. I almost wonder if some of these big powerhouse programs are saying like, yep, come in here. We're going to train for the combine all year. Like, like, let's work on these 40 times. Let's get those numbers down. Let's work on the things that they're going to test you on. And then Taylor. when push comes to shove, you guys are going to do great. You're going to get drafted highly. We can keep this cycle going. Because it, it just feels like everything's kind of trending that way. Because um, it does feel like there's a lot of these big school prospects who stood out. And of course, like you go down and who's the fastest 40 time, that sort of stuff. You have your freaks. Like you have those guys, but they're separate. Georgia football, though, I mean, you have probably four of the top guys. I, 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 we, I, can't, I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast. On the Broncos podcast, I brought this up. But I think coming into the season, we had those two Ohio State receivers, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. They were at the top of the class and then a whole bunch of things happen and people trade places and everything gets shaken up. And then you get to the combine and it's just like, well, maybe these guys just are the two best. I mean, look at what they did in their college career. Look at, look at these numbers. Like should, did we overthink yeah. this one? And I think that that was the case. Uh, so I'll throw these Ohio state receivers. I think, I think Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, those go one and two for wide receivers. I'm not saying take. top of the draft. Yeah, no, that, that really is. And also, maybe remember that while you watch CJ Strout tape and get like true enthused, um, as maybe two has taught us. But yeah, what a freakish class. Um, some really special performances to go away with. I don't know, maybe this is an unfair headline, because, but I think you guys covered some really good ones. Um, but yeah, like those Georgia defensive tackles, they dominated all year. And maybe like we didn't even give them credit because they should be more like top 12 prospects and Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis. It's like, oh yeah, they're just freaks. And then there's Tavon Walker and then Quay Walker behind them. And I mean, t- the, the way the linebackers tested 
freakish. I will say Nakobe Dean kind of small. Did not expect him to be 5'11 under 240. That really surprised me. Um, anyways, you covered some good ones. We'll go over some near perfect. Yes, go negative. Um, Tyler Lindenbaum, really, really small. Um, big loser. Didn't look like he did most of the testing, so we'll see after the Iowa Pro Day. But, geez, that kind of shocked me. Um, I think that's a guy who may have gone from being mocked in the top 10 to maybe not even being in the first round. Just straight um, up being mocked. Traylon Burks. Um, I, I would be very careful about overreacting to Traylon Burks. Because the 40 ran is essentially identical to like Alvin Kamara and Debo Samuel, two guys who got shit on for running too slow. And like, if any of you have watched NFL football, it seems like that's worked out just fine. Um, But when everything you bring to the table is just being an athlete, then you test average. um, It's going to be hard to really like endorse a top 20, top 25 pick especially with the depth at the position and guys that you might be able to sell yourself with more elite athleticism, at least testing wise. Um, And John Dotson is another guy. He runs fast. Um, Nothing insane for his size. The rest of the testing underwhelming, really small. The three cones abysmal. Um, So for a guy you'd like to place in the slot and have him, you know, run some routes that does he have that also the three cones for wide receivers are kind of weird. Sometimes you'd, you'd expect them to overperform. Those were three losers though. That really stood out to me. I throw, I throw Kyron Williams in there too. The, oh the, man. Yeah. That four, six, five was really disappointing. Wow. You know who else yeah. had a four, six, five, uh, uh, uh Jordan, Stout. Hamilton? Jordan Stout had a four, six, five. You know who that is? That's Penn state's punter. Kyron Williams put up a punter time. That's not what you want to be uh, doing. Especially for a guy whose game is so like predicated around being a receiver and like playing out of the slot and stuff. Like, I mean, Dre just said it that you don't want to get too caught up in some of these 40 times and stuff, but man, I just, I thought he honestly just thought he was faster. Just thought he was faster on film. And then real quick guys, what the hell was going That's on? That's a selling like, point. Right. He was just like a burner for them. Like I remember he burnt Michigan yeah. a couple years ago, like pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what was going, why did some of these guys not perform? Like Jalen Watermeyer has like no numbers. Like I, I have, I was Googling him. I don't, what is going on? Why didn't some of these guys like do anything at the combine? Just waiting for the pro day. Like they're scared of their times. I, I don't, I don't know. It's definitely is, not what I'm, a confident athlete would do. Yeah, like, what are we doing here? You show up to the com. I mean, I get it. Like, a lot of it's going to be just for the interviews, but I mean, a lot of guys were just saying, no, I'd rather just do it at my pro day, which, I mean, okay, I guess, but I don't know. This is kind of the, the reason why you come to the damn thing, man. But it's also like Malik Willis, where what what time could he possibly have run in the 40 that people be like, oh, wow, he's moving up the draft board. Like, all he can really do is hurt himself. Even if it's like a, a four or five, then everybody's saying like, oh, well, he's just the exact same as Desmond Ritter. And right. that's it's, it just makes sense to be like, yep, I'm the super athlete in this class. I'm not going to run. And you're just going to have to go off the tape, which shows I'm really fast. 
But I mean, just I don't want mean to just hammer him, but like Jalen Watermeyer, like I feel like he had just such a big opportunity. You know, if he ran yeah. fast, if he kind of showed out as a receiver, you know, he puts up a good three cone. This is a guy who really had no quarterback that could reliably get him the ball in college. So even the tape is just kind of iffy. Like I just felt like this was a missed opportunity for someone like him. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought Watermeyer is kind of a loser by not performing. Um, geez, with how well the linebackers performed, I thought Nakobe Dean was kind of a loser. Christian Harris with otherworldly. Um, Leon Chanel is it the Wisconsin kid? I mean, to the point that people are like, "Oh man, Devin Lloyd ran a four six six. Like Devin Lloyd had an outstanding combine. Um, but like you know. So Kobe Dean, I thought Stingley kind of lost some ground by not performing. I mean, that's yeah. another guy you're going off of upside primarily. Um, even Evan Neal with how the other guys perform. Now his measurements are good. O-line, it's a little different. But yeah, th- there were some dudes who kind of missed out there. Um, for sure. It's And I mean, this happens a little more every year, but that's the point of the combine is to kind of test these guys out and see see how they do under under pressure in like a unique set of circumstances well i mean as we kind of talked about with broncos picking at 64 this might actually work in their favor if some of these guys didn't work out and like really show out in front of everyone because the stock isn't going to really pop yet yeah just to throw a couple more names out there christian watson ndsu receiver Best mm-hmm. broad jump in, in the entire combine runs a four three six as a six four two hundred pound receiver. That's a that that's a big riser because again, like small school guy who puts up good speed numbers, like that's the big question. Um oh and on Kyle Hamilton, he ran the exact yeah. same 40 time as Justin Simmons. And it's like no nobody wanted to see uh, or I guess they changed it from four six one to a four five nine. So actually just a, a smidge faster, but I, th- I think people cooled off on him a little bit too much because of that. He's a safety man. He's it, it, that doesn't matter yeah. to me at all. It's absurd. He still had a nine plus RAS. Um, it's just people not being able to really contextualize the numbers and only seeing, um, you know, only seeing the 40 and, you know, it's not a four three, so they don't understand. But I mean, we talked about the Georgia guys, Aiden Hutchinson, Holy shit, that three cone, mind blown. Um, Props you know, to Hank like, again because Dre, you came at him when we did the over under on the three on Aiden's three cone last week. It's true. That was otherworldly. Kayvon Thibodeau, really nice showing. We talked about Lloyd, Kyle Hamilton, um, Iquanu, Cross, Showell. So it's really like a lot of the guys at the you know, Ohio state wide receivers. So while I mentioned some of the droppers, you don't have a ton, like the dudes who were kind of the blue chip studs in this class, mostly confirmed their blue chip studness. And a lot of the athletes at the big positions um, really stood out and confirmed they were stud athletes. Like Devonte Pierce, the Florida international guy, we've been talking up for a minute. Ooh. Love him. Hank, Troy Anderson, take mm-hmm. a victory lap as advertised. I mean, it's just... That's 40 time for a linebacker. Yeah. My arch solid. nemesis. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
be interesting to see Trey McBride do all the workouts at um, his pro day. And I don't know what's going on with these measurements with Trey. Just got to mention that because the senior bowl, his length was ungodly, but then he was under six, three or just barely over six, three. Now he added some inches in height, but he lost some inches Hmm. in length. Like, please guys just get this right. I can't, I, I don't know what, what's so hard about this oh, here he is here he is wow i would say the the arm length from the senior bowl was correct and the height was probably <laughs> you know he, he, he <laughs> we'll just say uh he's not two full inches taller than me but you know that he came in at six three at the combine and he'll take it yeah <laughs> All right. Can I uh, go back to some wide receivers real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Weston, the Northern Iowa kid, too, ran a 4 4 240, jumped 40 inches, 135 in the broad jump, 20 on the bench press. Um, he's immediately added to my watch list whenever we do wide receivers. And then also Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati, man. Um, yep. He was a guy on film. He popped for me when I watched Ritter, and I'm really excited to get back into him. And then um, on the other side, though, David Bell, the four six five forty. What do we think about that? It's not. It's not what you want to see. I thought there was a chance well, he was going right. to be one of those really fast guys, but I mean, I'm not taking him off the board. I just think that he's not. I, I don't have him in first round contention anymore. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, definitely not. Um, the three cones more. Con- you know, it's the it's the rest of the stuff that's more concerning. Um, Yeah, yeah, not very explosive I mean, in the drums. It shouldn't surprise you too much. A lot of him is going to be on the board, doing more specific wide receiver drills. How do the hands look? How does the route running and crisper routes? Um, I got uh, another guy, wide receiver. Yeah, I've yeah. got uh, I've got Kyle Phillips in there too. Uh, four five eight okay. for a slot receiver. That's a really good time. I I I really 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 like him. You know, we were talking about can the Broncos get their Hunter Renfro type of guy, their slot guy. I everybody on draft Twitter has been over all over Kyle Phillips for like a month now, but that's a that's gonna be a really good football player. Um, Velas Jones out of Tennessee. I think this is gonna be a guy I fall yeah. in love with because he. He actually reminded me when I was watching Senior Bowl stuff. I was like, he kind of looks like Amari Rogers. And then uh, you go on the NFL Combine page. Lance Zerline compares him to Devin Duvernay, another guy that I mean, these are we're talking this Debo Samuel mold here. This is what we're talking about when we talk these guys. So um, just another guy that he's immediately out of the top one of the, one of the top guys on my watch list now. You know, I thought Abraham Lucas really was outstanding. That's a guy who. Um, didn't test too far off a of Trayvon Penning is more polished has a, you know, tape going up much tougher guys. He's one of those dudes where any scouting report you'll read, it'll start with how he performed well against Kayvon Thibodeau when Wazoo took on Oregon. And um, I mean, he's just not getting the hype. And I, I think between, you know, Penning who could be on the verge of a top 10 pick and Lucas, who seems to be firmly in the day two conversation, um, that like, whew, 
there is not much of a difference. And the value you can get on the former Washington State right tackle is really excellent. I I saw, I think it was Marcus Mosier. He covers the Cowboys and does some Raiders stuff too. But I think he talks about on Twitter how offensive linemen that run fast, actually, that's like a really good indicator of how good they will be in the league. So taking note of that, guys under five, uh, five seconds in the 40, that really uh, caught my eye. You're going to get your Trevor Penning. You're going to get uh, Icky Aquanwu. You're going to get Charles Cross under that number. Um, but other guys that we talked about, Chris Paul, the guy from Tulsa, Dre, that we like, uh, four, yep. eight, nine in the 40. Um, who else? Uh, Braxton Jones, that guy out of Southern Utah I talked about, four, nine, seven, uh, with his 36-inch arms in the 40. Uh, Abraham Lucas, four, nine, two in the 40. So um, yep. just going to be interesting to see if, you know, it's kind of a weird thing that apparently if you run fast as an offensive lineman, it apparently translates and means that you can play football. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, you want an athletic big guy and that mm-hmm. what better way to really show it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fit for the zone block, you know, he's going to be able to do more of that finesse stuff. Um, so you're going to get that to some extent. We re- I mean, we had some special showing Zion McCollum, Sam Houston state, Tariq Woolen, UTSA, those two corners really put on um, like absurd showings. Cole Strange, my guy out of uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, who really stood out to me um, at the Senior Bowl, had an amazing combine. He's a guard. Boye Mafe, the edge out of Minnesota, Hank, um, who stood out at the Senior Bowl, he also had an otherworldly showing and, you know, out of position of need. I was shocked by Brees Hall, guys. Shocked. I, yeah. That was next up on mine. Yep. What? <laughs> he's, he's fast. We've been, he was fast a couple of years. I feel like he's another fatigue guy. You know, he just, he, I, you ha- he was really good last year. I mean, like the 2020 season, but also I think he might've even put up even better numbers in 2021. Very quietly. Uh, he, he might be the best I think I might take him as my top running back. Isaiah Spiller's right there too, but Brees Hall is really productive. Man, Spiller, another guy, dude. Why didn't you run, man? Like I on tape, he's so explosive and that jump cut is so nasty. Like I, I can't help but imagine that he'd run a really good 40. Another guy for sure. But yeah, I mean, we talked up like Samir White and Devontae Pierce. Pierre Strong Jr., the South Dakota State guy, all have insane showings. But then the dudes who've been doing it all along, who really impressed this season, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, both run blazing Kenneth speeds. Kenneth Walker. Yep. Bro, Kenneth Walker. I, I mean, would it be outlandish to see either go in the first? Like, end of the first? That shouldn't surprise you if they're putting up those numbers. The Bills, um, they could use a running back. Also, I mean, worth yeah. noting, Brees Hall... 1572 last year, 1472 this year, 20 plus touchdowns in both. He's he hasn't turned 21 yet. Oh man, you're gonna be excited now. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I got another guy too. Uh Zion Johnson, man. 32 reps on the bench. Uh had some of the best jumps of any O lineman, 32 in the vert, 112 in the broad jump. And that I mean, what did we talk about at the senior bowl? That thick lower body, and he's really like sound and explosive with the um, when he's handling those rushers. You know, he can really just pop up with those legs, um, and he anchors real well. That that's it all shows up on those combine drills. Yeah, 
Have we hit Daxton Hill yet? I don't think we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daxton Hill, first of all, four three eight for a safety, incredibly fast. On top of that, though, he had the second best three cone for any player, second best shuttle for any player in uh, this this combine. You know, he was one who we had highlighted before as a potential riser. I think I think he's he's, he's a first rounder in my book at this point. Did we talk about uh, Tariq mm. Woolen, UTSA? I mentioned him. I mean, the, I, that's one of the freakier combine performances at his height. I don't know how he pulled that off. 6'4", ran a 4'2", He also managed to jump 42 inches in the vertical. That is three, two and a half inches more than any other cornerback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absurd. Absurd. It's uh, like... What a freak. What a freak in the cover three mold, if there ever was one, but runs way faster than, I mean, anyone could plausibly expect. That was truly something special. Um, you know, Big Ten linebackers, Leo Chanel, I mentioned him vaguely, but what he did was just, um, that's a guy who could very easily go top 40. Um, extremely productive at Wisconsin. Brandon Smith, same thing. I mean, Brandon Smith, you've talked him up, Henry. Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise that he had almost a perfect RAS score. Um, and, you know, raw, but the tape shows all that athleticism. And, God, if he's running like that at the combine, wait till he's on that Penn State track. <laughs> I, I want to run on that Penn State track. Yeah, right. no kidding. And, Jermaine Johnson was – I did not expect Jermaine Johnson to put up those numbers either. Um, True. Really special for a guy who, who was a high-end producer, dominated the senior bowl. Um, he has had himself quite the draft year and quite the draft season so far. Now we get to get I, I, into smoke season where everybody just <laughs> lies about things, and, and that's the next oh, part yeah. that's going to be really fun. Can we – real quick, though, Jordan Davis. I mean – Oh, yeah. I – I don't know. I hyped him up a, a, a few times throughout the year, especially at nine to the Broncos. And I feel very, very good about that. Um, you know, obviously the Broncos aren't there now, but I think Jordan Davis, at least you got to start thinking him top half of the first round, I think, because just being that big and the way he moves, um, you know, and the the concern about him too, right, is that he played, what was it, average 22 snaps a game, I think is the number that everyone keeps bringing up. But then you see 14 Georgia Bulldogs at the Combine. They all tear it up. Yeah. I, I refuse to believe that this guy at 6'6", 340 pounds, can run a 4'7", 840-yard dash, that he can only give you 22 snaps a game. I refuse to believe that. Georgia even, is just so stacked that they rotated so much. That's why he got 22 snaps a game. And even if he only plays half the game, I'm kind of cool with it anyway. Like, that's that's just that's right. modern football at this point. The, I, I'm not too worried about that value-wise. You're still going to have him in when you need him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the athletic testing at least gives you a feeling that he does give you some third-down value. He's not going to be on the field at all times. But look, man, this is a guy who can wreck double teams and, um, you know, can get in the backfield. because it, And it's not just... It's not just the athleticism. Um, 
It's and it the size is really something else. Six six three forty one, almost eleven inch hands, over thirty four inch arms. This guy is a handful, and if you ever give him a one on one, you're just you're done. It's over. Um, so I you know the Vita Vea comps might have seemed out maybe excessive coming into the combine. The numbers are right there, and the length he possesses, um, like trumps what Vea is working with. Absolutely trumps. So in a draft like this, yeah, I think that's definitely a top 15 pick. I feel the same way about Devontae Wyatt, the other defensive tackle for Georgia, who had an absolutely outstanding combine himself. Um, I think both those guys are firm, like right on the border, top 15. Um, and they've just left a guy like DeMarvin Leal, who did not show that kind of promise, um, completely in the dust. Leal is probably the one guy we didn't mention at 64 who – would get us excited Definitely. yeah for sure he'd be really exciting other thing i mean aiden hutchinson measuring in at six seven that's that's notable yeah. that's a that's a very large long man i think he'd typically been listed like six six before that but six seven as an edge rusher that's that's kind of freaky is yeah so then is he? Are we thinking he's locked in at one? Then I mean, Jags just franchise Cam Robinson. Is is Aiden Hutchinson kind of by default now number one overall? He's not leaving well, the top we, two for sure. We gotta update some stock and rankings. Let's do that in the final segment. Now that we've kind of right. wrapped, you can give out other combine winners and losers, but we do have new odds on exactly this. Jake. So let's get into that on our presenting sponsor, obviously DraftKings Sportsbook. But first, Henry. Ripple. Uh, it's Boom. a fast acting dissolvable. It's clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. Uh, it starts oh, absorbing yeah. within 10 minutes. So you can depend on a consistent experience every time. That's kind of the key to these sorts of things. Uh, with Ripple dissolvables, you can make anything an edible. It's flavorless. It's dissolvable. It's just a little powder. Um, the, the Ripple Quick Sticks are the most convenient way to get the fastest THC. You can actually just pour that on your tongue if you don't want to mix it with anything. I don't know why you wouldn't want to just put it in a little glass of water or something, but if you're into just pouring the powder on your tongue, it'll, it'll hit you real quick. Uh, Ripple products come in a variety of doses for whatever experience you're looking for. It's not sketchy science. They were actually reviewed by Colorado State University in a randomized placebo-controlled trial with real people. And the results were published in a peer-reviewed journal. Uh, you can find Ripple at Colorado's premier dispensary. That's Lightshade. They've got 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. They offer something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. They have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf, flower, edibles, including Ripple, tinctures, accessories, and more. Plus, podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNDR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Nicely done. Nicely done, Henry. Thanks, um, man. Yeah, so, man, why, why were we not at the forefront of this? As the Evan Neal seemed like a lock and Ikemikwanu was the hot pick all along though for the prime majority of the season it was KT or Hutchinson and now the odds of Hutch being the number overall pick minus 250 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he, he's a six foot seven edge rusher who's crazy productive, and there's there's just nobody else talent wise. I I was on the Kayvon Thibodeau train. I'm I'm back on Aiden Hutchinson. He only I Kayvon mean, Thibodeau I, only six foot four, by the way. I thought he was going to be at least six five. I, I love my guy Hutch, man, and uh, it yeah. kind of feels good to see this. Um, but yeah, the Jags tagging Cam Robinson, I think, kind of ensured that that was going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's not a for sure thing, but it definitely that's your left tackle, man, and you, you just franchise tagged, and that kind of that's pretty telling. I mean, I don't think you, you know, we're kind of left tackle, right tackle, it's kind of getting all the same, but I don't think you really draft a right tackle number one overall, right? Like that doesn't happen. That's a good point. It's mm-hmm. a good point. No, you would draft the right tackle where they drafted Cam Robinson beginning right. of the second. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but yeah. And I mean, I've always said Hutchinson opposite the other Josh Allen really complement each other nicely and build a pretty like devastating edge rushing duo right there. Um, so, I mean, are we doing I get any it. more of these, any more of these DraftKing props? Looking at the the wide, first wide receiver selected one, because um, Garrett yeah. Wilson's the favorite at plus 100. You have Drake London plus 175. Guys, Jamison Williams plus 750. I Again, this is the third year in the row. I've been on this podcast for the draft, and I'm going to say it again. The fast guys always go first yep. for wide receivers. Even though he has the ACL, man. You can't that speed. Someone could fall in love with that, and it would not surprise me to see him be the first receiver at the board. Seven fifty is an insane number. Olave, I mean, plus what about hundred too? Yeah, yep. yeah. Olave at plus twelve hundred, arguably the best tape, arguably the most polished. And I mean, if you go off of RAS, actually has a better score. Man, his jumps kind of sucked, but he ran a four three nine. Did you know? Like um, that polish. I think that really stands out. Look at this one, Jay. College totals. First Georgia Bulldog player drafted. Trayvon oh. Walker minus one seventy five. Jordan Davis plus one fifty. Nakobe Dean plus nine hundred. Devonte Wyatt plus eighteen hundred. Dean would have been the lock at minus like 150 two weeks ago, right? Um, and he still could blow up the pro day for all we know. Um, man, where did you find this? I need to see this. Where's this prop here? It's in the NFL draft section under college totals. So you have pick number, draft position, Mr. Elrelevant, and that's the next one. I don't have it. Yeah, I don't see it. See, Maybe it's because I'm you not guys you're not in a great state that provides DraftKings. So I'll just have to tell you, and hopefully the odds don't change before you can place these bets in a good state. Um, I kind of on Walker, man. What a rise. Yeah. Kind of insane. insane. He wasn't even, he he wasn't starting to start the year, man. We were talking about Adam Anderson. Yep. That's true. And Nolan Smith, those were the guys and his production, not impressive. Like, just not impressive. Um, The best thing he does on a football field is pursue dudes. Like, those are most of the Trayvon Walker highlights are like, holy shit, watch him run down this running back 25 yards downfield. Which, look, 
impressive. It shows hustle. It shows athleticism. It shows that you can track the ball and you stay with it. And he finishes the tackle. It shows open field tackling ability. That's not what you're drafting an edge rusher, a defensive end, or defensive lineman in the top five to do. And that's like where his stock is right now. He's closer to going top five than he is like 15th overall. Dre, I, I want to play a little devil's advocate here. Do with Trayvon Walker's rise, do we kind of kind of what I said about Jordan Davis? Do we just kind of think, man, they were just it's Georgia and they're just so damn stacked that he doesn't really need the numbers because if he played no. on a, a Florida or a South Carolina, he probably would have the numbers. But because he's on Georgia and he's got to share the field with so many other guys, he's just not going to get the numbers that you really want to see. I mean, Jermaine Johnson had to transfer out of there, right? Exactly, yes. Because the rotation was so thick. And Jermaine Johnson's another dude who we were talking about maybe top 10 of the second a month ago. Now top 10 of the first is where he's being placed. Um, Yeah, Jake, that's absolutely 100% the justification that's going to be used for Walker. Will it be correct? Only time will tell. Certainly a freak athlete comes from a program you got to trust. Proven winner. Hank loves a proven winner. So, I mean, I do what, like those. What more, what more to say than this? Let's get into the draft position of the top guys. Yes. yes. Evan this, Neal, yeah. over under three and a half. Again, locked to go first overall a week ago. Now there's a lot of like, Eh, the Jets might take them at four, even though they already have, you know, like half their left side of the line's already been drafted in the top 15. Um, Evan Neal over under three and a half. I think I'd take the under, but I've got like three of these I'm confident in, and this is definitely not one of them. Oh man. I, I think I got to take the over here. I just looking at, I mean, maybe Detroit would, would Detroit take Evan Neal? They don't have. Oh, they took Penny. Um, yeah, I don't oh, think. Man, that's yeah, it's do you use a top five pick on your right tackle and not your left? Exactly. Tackle yeah. When you feel you're Damn. set at left tackle, well, I, I guess think the, you gotta take the over. Well, here's here's the other side of that though. What what are the odds of someone like Houston who or Detroit even who's obviously not going to win this year? What are, what are the odds of them trading out of there? To someone, I don't know. Um, um, shoot, maybe Cincinnati. Maybe Cincinnati just feels. Look, we we saw Burrow get destroyed the past two years. If we just go and get a tackle, a sure guy. Um, I mean, just I just threw out Cincinnati as an example. But could someone trade up in the top three to get an Evan Neal? I think you'd History have to tells be us in the top ten. Usually, right, you'd have to be in the top 10. So I think you're talking more Seattle at nine. Jets doesn't make a ton of sense. Giants doesn't make a ton Carolina, of sense. Carolina, maybe? Maybe Carolina. But, dude, I all those teams would trade up for a quarterback if they're trading up. Yeah, that's true. You know? Uh, damn, I guess you have to take the over then. But I, I don't so. know. I just uh, – And – Houston just franchised Laramie Tunzel too, or like, you know, like Tunzel's on the books there. I, I don't know. I think to, you got to gotta go take over. I think a month and a half before the draft, all these low numbers, you, you got to lean toward the over the higher numbers. You lean toward the under because things are going to change. Same thing with like the, the first overall pick odds. 
We've watched those go up and down. If you just consistently, like every day, bet on whoever was number five on that list to to be number one, and then cashed out once you got up there, you could have made some money. To to go back to Evan Neal though, did you guys see that how he looked when he was standing at the podium? So that skinny. did not look like what's his his listed weight because whatever it is, he did not look like that when he was standing at the podium. He just has massive pads, I guess, and I don't think when he gets to the NFL, they're gonna let him wear like super oversized pads like that. Well, well but Hank, you kind of mentioned it too. Guy. Like, yes, you, you don't want to be like mean and like body judge the dude, but you kind of talked about it, how he just doesn't like body shape wise, just doesn't look exactly like how he looked at the combine. Like he did not look like that on tape last year. Mm-hmm. He measured in a 337 guys. He's just over six, seven. So he carries that weight like a tight it's end. Unreal. It's absurd. Um, okay, let's let's finish up a few a few more of these. Charles Cross, six and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's that's over for me. I, I love Charles. I like Charles Cross a lot, but man. We all love him and are on record really loving Charles Cross, especially the three of us, but we just said Neil's going outside of the top three, so how many contenders are there going to be even left for Cross in the top six? Not very many. I I think there's a real chance that Charles Cross is the first tackle that goes off the board. I'm still taking the over here. Like I, There you go. There's just... It's it's too low. That number's too low. Do we feel mm-hmm. the same about Equanu? Three and a half. Yeah. Over with a plus one. Is that money. where you were going? Yeah. Look at why is his over plus one ten when Neil is minus <laughs> one oh five and cross are minus one oh five. What's going on here? I, I, I mean, why not take that? really on it with this stuff. I, that's just begging yeah. me to take that. It is. It is. I think it there's going to be a lot I mean, of tackles going early, though. Like, I don't know where they fall, but it just feels like with this class, where is the value? It's with these tackles at the very top. And yeah, I mean, what do we ways. think this top three is? Well, look, I mean, we didn't, Trevor Pending's not even on here. Right. Right. Yeah, and like... Let's get into Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Five and a half. Is Thibodeau then going to slip by these tackles? Is he the one that slips into the top three as these guys drop out? I like the That's under what there. I'd be inclined to say. Number two, Are you with us, Jake? top five feels good. Yeah, I like I like Kayvon Thibodeau under five and a half. Yeah, as you look at someone like the Jets who, I mean – Maybe yeah. they could use another tackle, but then again, we're getting into this thing where you're drafting a right tackle in the top five, which just doesn't really happen, especially with someone mm-hmm. like Zach Wilson who can really move. Um, and Joe Douglas is kind of like one of those, you know, hog molly trench guys. He's going to see Kayvon Thibodeau yeah. there. I think that's, I mean, that just fits really well for them. They need an edge too. I really like I Kyle mean, Hamilton over six and a half. Over six and a half. Really? I mean, this is the thing. The top five, the young offensive tackles are Cam Robinson, Detroit, Penny Sewell, Houston as Laramie Tunzel, the most on the bubble guys of these, but he's making mega money right now. Jets, Mackay Becton and drafted the entire left side of their line. 
Giants Andrew Thomas. And both the Jets and Giants have picks at 7 and 10 on top of it. So it is going to be a little harder for these guys to find a fit, and a lot of them will have to start their careers on the right side. Um, Let's get into Hamilton, Henry, because if these teams pass on an offensive tackle, I think Hamilton and KT are the first guys that jump out at you for Detroit, for Houston, for the Jets, for the Giants. Yeah, so? he, he could have like that wrap around like, okay, we overthought him. He's he's actually going to be back in the top five. But all the vibes right now are him slipping. And I think it's because, like, again, we, we can say, yeah, Justin Simmons, same 40 time. But also, like, Justin Simmons was a third-round pick. Like, those deep safeties just don't have that same value that these tackles and edges do. And because of that, and he does have more versatility than that and those sorts of things, but I don't think it's enough for him to, to be in that top five over six and a half. I'm feeling it right now. But, but Henry, remember, here's the thing, Kyle Hamilton, he's not just a safety. He's going to, he can get down in the box for you. You can play out the slot too. I mean, he is a big guy at uh six, four and two twenty two thirty something, whatever he weighed in at, but he gives you more than just being a safety and, I mean, when we come around to doing the safety class, I wouldn't be surprised if, of course, I'm going to have him at safety one, but I think that he's really kind of pushing Hutchinson for best player in the class, honestly. Really? I He is really good. I just think that the, those edges, those tackles, the, the value. You're not wrong. You know? You've got you've, you've to go with those. And th- we just did a whole thing on the combine. But. There is something to be said for the NFL getting stupid and overvaluing the safeties that can run really fast. Mm -hmm. Jamal Adams, Jonathan Abram, Mm -hmm. Darnell Savage, um, Minka and Derwin. Every first-round safety I can find, especially like top 20, they all ran 4-4s. Like every single one, guys. So Henry might be on to something here. But you're right. I feel... If I'm the Jets, I take Kyle Hamilton at four and my PR team spending a week talking about we feel better about Kyle Hamilton than Jamal Adams. He's more suited to the NFL game, the modern NFL game. He's more versatile. He gives you more value and coverage. And that's the spin I'm giving, you know, is like we just upgraded at the safety position and we still have another top 10 pick. Uh, looking at Isaiah Simmons too, I know he's was drafted as a, a linebacker, quote unquote linebacker, and he's kind of I think drifting further yep, back. He also counts. Yeah, he ran four three nine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Ahmad Garner, a, a decent riser. He has a he has a four four right, so it's good for that press physical corner. Sauce Gardner, he's set at eight and a half under, which is really like they don't. They knew like nine and a half, ten and a half might be just too rich. Mm-hmm. They have to put it at eight and a half. I don't think he squeezes into the top five. I guess I could see him being a Jets target at seven. I think Carolina's more tackle quarterback camp. So it really comes down to Atlanta. And Atlanta with the Calvin Ridley stuff feels more in the wide receiver front seven. 
camp than adding at cornerback where it should be mentioned. They have a, a stud young corner out of Clemson. Um, well, then so I don't at, know. Um, it seems way rich. I, I still Car- think it's the under. I, Carolina took a horn last year too um, up there. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, we talked about positional value and stuff. Obviously corner would be more valuable than a safety, but totally. maybe Houston at three, right? I totally. mean, they don't really have anything uh, going Ooh. for them. So, I mean, is Sauce Gardner a top three pick if if Houston kind of feels that he can oh be a lockdown guy for them? Like, like that's the thing though, is that we say like, well, they can't take the tackles. Uh, they, they, the, edges are going to be gone but like they have to draft somebody and Ahmad Gardner is a lockdown cornerback like that's that's top eight feels good the, the one thing that scares me is whether if Derek Stingley could still go in front of him but I don't I feel good about Gardner going first and I feel good about a cornerback going in the top eight so I got to take the under you know what man I think the the ship on Derek Stingley top five top ten is kind of sailed I think that his stock has just feel that way it, the momentum to this point, it, it would need to be a, a serious just Penn State showing at the at the pro day for him to really turn it around. I think mm-hmm. should just locked it down this year. Should just stayed out, yeah, play better. Um, yeah, no um, draft position. That's all of them, fellas. So let me give you one final one: running back props. Top running back selected: Kenneth Walker plus one fifty. Reese Hall minus 175. I think Kenneth is tremendous value. Um, Isaiah Spiller is the only one under plus a thousand, though. He's plus 600. Then it's Kieran Williams and Damon Pierce. Crazy. Man, what about James Cook at 2,500, though? Mm. What about that? First running back, though? Man, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd be more tempted on, by Isaiah man. Spiller. That that plus six hundred. You you don't think that people are gonna look at Dalvin Cook and go, well, look, we, he played lo- just like him at Georgia. There, James did. Um, you, you're talking about pass catching value, uh, obviously the pedigree, like I just mentioned, and he's just like a really good football player. Spiller, I could see. Spiller, I could see. Um, I think Kenneth Walker though at plus money is really great value. I'm just saying, I don't think if you sprinkle James Cook plus 2,500, I don't think that's a bad investment. Just Hmm. a little bit. Hmm. Final thing I'll say, I think Kenny Pickett at plus 195 first quarterback taken might be semi-frisky. Yep. Um, If someone doesn't move ahead of Carolina, Carolina is so Kenny Pickett-y. It's not even funny. So... uh, just, just putting that out there. I like Anything it. else, good fellas? Volume. Yeah. Good. I'm good. Kenny Pickett actually performed pretty well at the Combine. Um, like, if he doesn't have the rain workout at the Senior Bowl, I'm uh, telling you guys, his draft process is basically Baker Mayfield minus the hand size. That's the other big thing. But Well, look, Here's the thing. What, what What's the bad thing we're talking about, Kenny Pickett, though, besides the hand size and I guess the ceiling a little bit? Like, you kind of question whether he can really be that top-tier guy for you, of course. But if hand size is his real, like, only complaint that we're seeing so far, it's worth the shot at plus 195. Yeah. No, exactly. 
I mean, size and athleticism much better than I expected. So that's something. But I think that's going to do it. This was a blast, fellas. Um, we will be back next week, back into breaking down um, positions of value. Uh, maybe we'll shift a little to just be looking at more of the guys who um, could be in the Broncos range, but we'll still be doing our, our whole thing. We'll still be mocking the draft. Um, might give you some Broncos specific mocks, get into picks we'd hate to see in the first round. I mean, we got a contender on our hands. So uh, while the draft itself in the early picks might've lost a little interest, the entire NFL offseason gains so much more interest for us. So we'll be with you every step of the way. Um, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Hank. Justin in the background, much love to you, my friend. And we'll be back next week.